the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And today I am just enjoying the possibility and the reality of going out in public again. I just Woo! love this. I love seeing people and, and being at restaurants and, 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 and all that stuff. and Living yeah. a real life? I, I, I had heard t stories of how it was in the before time, mm -hmm. and I, I find they are accurate. Yeah. Well, I've decided that next pandemic, I'm just going to get a beach house with all of my friends and family, and we can all just live together, and then you don't have to worry about it. That's right. You're already quarantined. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm Trevor. I'm a super chump, and I am, uh, I don't know, I'm the... Um, the rescue dog who's a little shy. Maybe I have a ribbon on my leash being like, don't pet me. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I'm going out. I'm doing stuff sometimes. Yeah. My name is Michael. I am a chaser and uh, I've been feeling pretty darn good. Although, I mean, we, we had kind of a close to home COVID scare possibly maybe, but seems to be okay. But my whole family was in town for the 4th of July. I get to see everybody for the first time in like two years. Oh my God. Ah. Uh, it was very nice. And I f I'm finding that I don't have as much of the like return to normal jitters that I think a lot of people are getting. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Well, then I think you thought you would have. I did think I'd, yeah, exactly. But no, we were not as much. We were saying we were going to need to use one of those alligator things to drag you out of the, the like garage or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just Wrap put it around, like your around my and neck and, <laughs> and spinning around. Uh, my name is Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am the, I am the July 4th Grinch. I am the one that had jitters this year. Oh. Did not want to be around people. Just sat by my window, glaring at people setting fireworks outside my window and enjoying the fireworks they were setting off outside my window. So, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but the people, the I people. Like, yeah, the people just, just leave the fireworks, just leave the fireworks and go away. They're the real problem. And they were their hoose <laughs> sparklers and Fizz Whizzlers. <laughs> Love me a good Fizz Whizzler. Love me a good Fizz Whizzler. That's a British candy, isn't it? Yes. And a sex position. Oh. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard they do oh. that. I was going to say we should dive on in, but we have a mailbag. So we, we do, do have a mailbag. that beautiful mailbag music. That's beautiful. <laughs> We've never actually gotten to hear the mailbag music in episode. Um, so this is from a, a nameless listener, just because I didn't <laughs> copy their name. Aww. Uh, recently, I learned a f that a friend had lost a lot of weight. Of course, I want to support my friend, but I don't know how to tell him I am no longer attracted to him, which was part of our relationship. Aside from figuring out how to broach the subject, I'm experiencing my own inner turmoil with the discourse of it being angry at the dominant culture and trying not to assume my friend's thoughts or feelings on it. Plus feeling selfish and dealing with my own dysmorphia during the last year. Mm -hmm. And then they did kind of the, the squiggly eye dizzy emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the sort of cognitive dissonance of like you care about somebody and you don't want to like, I don't know how, yeah. Ha, so first question, I guess, yeah. has anyone had to deal with that in the room before? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So this resounding well, I mean, yes. I mean, I guess the, the first question I would have is, do you need to bring it up or is it like it, it could kind of work itself out? If it's because you don't want to have sex with him anymore and he still wants to have sex with you, you're going to have to bring it up. Well, then, yes. But yeah. if it's the kind of thing where you're friends anyway and one of the benefits of friends with benefits is sex, then it, it could be something where mm -hmm. they don't assume it either. Yeah. 
I, I would actually encourage, I, th I think communication is always best. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. But that said, like no, before you have that conversation, know what it is you're hoping for afterwards. If you're hoping to continue a long, close platonic relationship, know that, you know, if you've come to the understanding that sexuality was the only thing gluing your, your, you two together, you got to walk into that knowing that too. Well, and exactly. You know? And what's, what's, what do you want to be the messaging? Like, are you, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think you want to have a conversation where you sit someone down and go like, I just wanted to let you know that I am no longer sexually attracted <laughs> right. to you. Like, no, that's, that's probably unnecessary and icky. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying like, kind of wait for, if, if you need to have that conversation, that conversation will naturally arise. If you find they're bugging you and like, when are we going to get together? When are you going to plow my ass? When are you going to, mm -hmm. you know, then, okay. Then you might have to have that conversation. Yeah. Like Don says. Yeah. And, and don't assume how they're going to respond. I have been on the receiving end of that conversation. I've lost a lot of weight in the past and I had multiple chaser friends that just went, we're good. We're done. Thank you. And the reaction was, my reaction was not what you might've expected. What was your reaction? Like, well, at that point I was trying to lose weight. I was trying to change my body. I was trying to change my life. Um, and their rejection of me while hurt, painful was also an affirmation that I was making progress in the direction I was walking. I'm not saying that it's, you know, that the, everyone will react that way, but the honesty of it, it, they may react in a number of different ways that they may not expect that you may not expect. That's fair. There are going to be a lot of emotions involved that people may not even understand. Yeah. yeah. And there's a whole other element to this question, which is, yes. So there's dealing with the friend directly in, in that sort of personal relationship, but also the second half really being more about the the sort of pressure you feel around having to navigate this at all. Like the mm -hmm. fact that there's so much stigma around weight, the fact that society adds all of this pressure on us to look a certain way. And he feels, the person who writes in, feels guilty about feeling the way that he does yeah. because yeah. you have closeness with somebody that's linked to sexual attraction. And now the closeness feels like it's being stomped on because your sexual attraction has gone away mm -hmm. and, and you feel bad because of that. And it's just this whole messy issue. Um, I've talked about that in my book. I get that question a lot in seminars. Mm -hmm. Like, so what if they lose weight? Then what? And what I point out, and you and I have had this conversation, Michael, I point out that, you know, chubby chasers, by and large, we have a lot bigger weight range of mm -hmm. what we find attractive than the yeah. general population. You know, our, our weight range, what we find attractive is at least a hundred pounds, even two or 300 pounds. Yeah. Most civilians out there, they start to lose interest after maybe, I don't know, 30 pounds, yeah. 40 pounds. So it's, it's not, it's not unreasonable. And usually what happens in a seminar when I, with a room full of fat guys, or and fat women, I will say, hey, you know, if your partner gained a hundred pounds, it would change how you feel about them sexually. Mm -hmm. And they all go, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think we should also address the latter half of the it kind of activate activating the the listener's dysmorphia. Yeah, um, which I think is just especially hard right now because like the I don't know, the conversation in the world regarding just you know weight loss right now and losing your COVID body. And, um, I know there was a point, I don't know what I clicked on, on Instagram. This was last month, or I guess maybe, um, I don't know, May during our hiatus, I did something to skew my advertising algorithm oh, no. to where I got, it was all weight loss stuff. Oh wow. And it was so aggressive. And I kept being like, no, I'm not interested in this. Yeah. This does not apply to me, like reporting it. And then at some point, I don't know, I clicked on something else 
and it shifted back, but it was just so, I don't know, uncomfortable and weird and icky. Um, so I definitely sympathize, sympathize with that. I think especially, you know, it hits closer to home when it's someone close to you mm-hmm. and you want to support them, but you're also like, I don't really like good for you, but I don't want to be engaged in this. Mm-hmm. Well, know. and I wonder, <clears throat> I'm not sure what the, what the, and I'm not sure what the dysmorphia is actually referring to. I can think of a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. For example, one possibility is that, and, and this is often talked about with chasers, you know, oh, you want to date fat guys, but you don't want to be fat yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, what's going on there? If you like fat so much, how come you don't want to be fat? And there are a number of answers to that question. But I think that can also be part of the chaser guilt of like, you want something that you wouldn't want for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that you're attracted to something that you wouldn't mm. necessarily be part of. And, and that can really, that can really fuck with your head. The counter example I always give is, you know, I know a whole lot of straight men who are really into women and who don't want to be women themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting observation. And though. just, just because really you're attracted before. to something doesn't mean you want to be that. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason that we even think that way is because in the gay world, if you go to a gay circuit party, they all look alike. They all want to look like each other. Yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't be, nobody would think twice about it if people didn't view being fat as being a bad thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't, as with many other characteristics, you wouldn't think twice about comparing that or saying, well, well you don't want to be like me and I'm fat. Like we wouldn't think well, twice about it. And nobody says, and nobody said to women, you know, well, if you like tall guys so much, you know, I guess that's why you wear such high heels. Right, exactly. <laughs> you must want you to be taller than them. Yeah. Like, no, it's not how it works. Yeah. I, I've seen echoes of that in ra- interracial dating, mm. where mm. like accusations against a minority of dating uh, a white person is always like, you just, you're, you're trying getting to white. white. You're trying to get white. Huh. It's interesting that that's, that's the only correlation I can think of when, yeah. you, when you start talking about that. Well, there's, there's the added complication with with body size is that it is to some extent changeable. And I say to some extent, like anybody can lose a hundred pounds. Just what do you want to chop off? (laughs) So it's, it's the question of permanence. It's the question of, is it, is it right for your body? And I'm not even going to go down that road, but, Mm -hmm. but that's why we don't have this conversation so much uh, when it comes, when it talks about uh, race or height. Mm -hmm. But if we start talking about sexual orientation, if we start talking about whether you're attracted to men or women, we, you know, we, there are a lot of people who are very fluid in that capacity, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. nobody gets upset. Like, you know, nobody accuses me of being misogynist because I don't date women. Right. Right. Because you're gay. Because I'm gay. Yeah. And that's, but that's not something that most people are going to like hold against you. Mm-hmm. But if I say, you know, sorry, I only date fat guys are like, well, what kind of fucked up sicko are you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this, this listener is referring to. That's mm-hmm. sort of just general pervasive attitude that makes dealing with situations like this, which really should just be between him and his friend feel so much bigger and heavier than that. And I, I just circling back to the sort of dysmorphia and sort of internalized um, issues and kind of what Trevor was saying about like, how do you, how do you deal with that without dealing with that Mm. when it comes to that friend? I think it really speaks to, I get this a lot um, just in my own life, having to figure out how to, sort of swallow like somebody says oh like you look great right now did you lose weight (laughs) and first of all no i didn't or or, i don't know maybe i did i don't care but like also that is an unwelcome statement to me in any capacity whether it's being said about somebody i know or about me or like oh did you gain weight or did you lose weight or were you working out like no i don't i have issues around that of my own and 
any conversation around it that I didn't start myself is unwelcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this is in a similar world to that. Well, and you could just say like, wow, Michael, you look great. And there you said, go. And you'll yeah. Stop. <laughs> thank you. And I wouldn't have that reaction. I yeah, would just be like, oh, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Done. Well, I'm curious. I mean, maybe this listener um, can can update us later down the road. I'm curious how this goes. Mm. Um, and I, you know, my sympathies for having to deal with a, an uncomfortable situation, but hopefully they they sort of work it out and are able to remain friends. And yeah, I hope the yeah. friendship. I hope the friendship remains. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, well, get ready, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so Here this we is, go. This week's uh, pop culture <laughs> segment kind of has a theme, which um, <laughs> I, I was thinking of going one way with it, but I think it's going to be. Uh, New Zealand horror story. <laughs> um, so you, you ditched the what the fuck New Zealand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought of, because the second thing triggered some uh, specific horror themes. Yeah. Um, we'll in save my those mind. for Halloween. Yeah. Um, but so first off, the, this, these, came, these stories were a couple days apart, which was very concerning about like, what's going on over there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> under, under there. So the first was um, <laughs> what's a story going on from uh, Stuff, which is a New Zealand publication mm -hmm. and the headline is too fat for New Zealand. Mom can't lose enough weight for immigration officials. Yeah. So basically um, she and her family are from South Africa and um, they had immigrated to New Zealand a while back and were sort of living on like a, a visa yeah. situation mm -hmm. and they were applying for citizenship. And so they could act, you know, they'd already put down roots. They'd been there for years. Yeah. In fact, her youngest child doesn't know any other country because they immigrated when they were, like, he was like seven months or something. Yeah. Very, very young and has grown up there. Um, and the, the, basically they are, she specifically is being denied citizenship uh, because she is too fat and the future costs to their, to the New Zealand healthcare system uh, is basically bad for the country. And so they can't allow her to stay <laughs> in the country and therefore, um. but they're uprooting this entire family as a consequence. Well, and let's, they're very clear. They're very clear. Like, no, we are certainly not excluding her because of her BMI. <laughs> We're excluding her because of her BMI. And 10 years ago, she had an operation on her gallbladder. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, chronic, and chronic has, migraines. Yeah, like migraines. Well, migraines yeah. And because of those health issues, we can guarantee that there will be future health issues mm -hmm. that she'll incur upon our health system. And and though she has promised to lose weight like a good fatty, mm. uh, they don't believe her. Yeah. Which is really funny because on the one hand, you know, the diet industry and doctors will say, well, you just got to lose weight. Right. And the government is actually saying, no, weight loss doesn't work. That's never a permanent <laughs> solution. That's actually what they're saying. They're telling her you can't come in the country because that solution never works. I'm curious if anyone else has been pushed out of New Zealand for medical costs associated. Actually, yes. they have. Yeah. Um, so that I was following some threads on Twitter about this and Dr. Kat Pase, who actually gave me a shout out on her podcast, a uh, friend of Marilyn. I love oh, the nice. Yes. Um, uh, wrote about her own experience because she immigrated to New Zealand and went through the same thing. But, um, you know, she talked about, you know, she had more money. She knew who to, um, talk to. So she was able to kind of push back legally, mm -hmm. you know, get, get a lawyer. No, she knew who to kind of the channels to go through to navigate mm -hmm. this, but that she went through the same thing and that this is common. And there were other people chiming and being like, yep, like I went through the same thing. It was really hard. You know, I had to kind of go on a crash diet. Um, and it's just like uh, ridiculous. Every, everything about it. And I, yeah. I mean, her specific quote, which I wish, I wish it were farther up in the article <laughs> to be honest. Um, weight is not a proxy for health. Um, and, and further elaborating that using BMI 
a body mass index to measure individuals was completely inappropriate and without any kind of evidential basis. Yeah. But if you had a gallbladder operation. Yeah. <laughs> that in conjunction with the oh, fat, man. which is just yeah. like, how many hoops are you going to leap through to try and justify your fat phobia? Well, and, ha- and how many thin people got in having medical conditions, but they had a low, I had a BMI under 30, so it didn't matter. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I was curious about. Yeah. Like if somebody comes into the country and before their visas expired, they're diagnosed with an extensive form of cancer, right? Are, but they could treat it in New Zealand, but gosh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Are they going to boot their ass out or are they going to provide whatever medical coverage is necessary? Or I mean, if, and, and this is a slightly different situation with this where she doesn't actually have anything immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she, she, her current health. Yeah, uh, everybody agrees. She, everybody agrees. She's in perfect health. Yeah. Like that's not even an issue. Like, it's just that she so won't weird. be. What the fuck? <laughs> or you could, you know, be in perfect health. And like, what if you gain 200 pounds after becoming a citizen, are they going to launch you an out? investigation <laughs> or something? Like, right. what? Do they kick out their own citizens for being overweight? I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So New Zealand, you done fucked up. Oh, but don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, listener. Is there anything else going on in New Zealand, Trevor? <laughs> um, this is, so this, this was... This is too yeah. much. And this, sto- this, it was a press release. This dropped, it was like 10.30 at night Pacific time here. And I was shocked at how immediately, like the shit storm started on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so hopefully I'm saying this right. Uh, New Zealand listeners, correct me. Um, Otago University released a press release about a new device that would help people lose weight. And it is a uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> go on. I never thought the tongue patch would sound like a better solution. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, it is a device that uses magnets to hold the wearer's um, jaw shut. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's basically wiring your it's, jaw shut. Yeah, it's, it's considered non-invasive because apparently they glue it to your molars and mm-hmm. act and shut your mouth via magnets. It still allows you a few millimeters to talk and maybe get a straw through. Two, mm-hmm. two yeah, millimeters. Two millimeters. Well, and apparently it can be shut off in an instant if there's an emergency. They yeah, did at least put jaw that wire, much Unlike jaw wire. Yeah, you need to be <laughs> for some reason. Um, Huh. Do they but, still wire jaws? Is that still a no, thing? No, no. So why is this okay? But na- like, no, because this is non-invasive, Don. That's why this is okay. They figured it out. And They've why cracked the code? I mean, it's such a good. I mean, imagine the leap in citizenship they'll have. <laughs> I'd never the, uh, be able to lean my head against my computer ever again. <laughs> my first thought when I saw this was uh, the reverse bear trap from. The Saw movie, <laughs> which also uses magnet technology. Um, it's, so they've, they've done a huge amount of backpedaling, as you can imagine, because yes. nobody, even nobody is happy about this. Even the fat phobes, even the people who despise fat people aren't happy about it because they consider wiring someone's jaw shut cheating. <laughs> and oh, they can still drink all the sugary sodas they want. That's right. When it's the, hardly a solution. When you don't even have the people who hate fat people on your side, <laughs> you know you fucked up. Uh, um, and the defense, so, th- I mean, the article, the, the press release goes against this, but in their backpedaling, they're like, well, no, we said this would be good for people who need to lose weight in order to have weight loss surgery. So like, basically you have to get it. You have to have your jaw clamped shut with magnets so you can have your stomach amputated. Yes. Yay. And so, I, I mean, there's been a lot of discourse around this basically entirely negative for the most part. Yeah. Um, nobody's coming out in favor of this. There anymore. was a, a Washington post article that I read this morning 
And it was basically all um, different people in the medical industry crying out like, this is the worst thing you could do. One of which um, was a doctor saying, you know, before someone has weight loss surgery, we're supposed to be repairing their relationship to food instead (laughs) of like making it more complicated and then trying to fix it afterwards. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Um, I mean, just it's people saying it's medieval. It's, I mean, it's a horror show. It gives medievalism a bad name. Just, you just need to see the diagram in the article to have a few nightmares. That oh, the God. thing is hideous. Yeah. I, so the frustrating, I mean, obviously many of the things that we've already talked about are, are quite aggressively uh, depressing, but the one thing that's just buried. All right. The, pra- the paragraph is the practice of surgically wiring people's jaws shut became popular in the 1980s, but it came with risks. Uh, and these are at, compare, as compared to the non risks that would be included in this particular device. Vomiting brought with the risk of choking after nine to 12 months with patients with gum, uh, patients would develop gum disease after nine to 12 months. And in some cases there were continuing issues with restriction of jaw movement. And then the last part, which is really frustrating and some developed acute psychiatric conditions. I can't imagine why. And that's it. And like how, okay. (laughs) So those other things, fine. Maybe there's ways around it, but how are you, how are you completely glossing over the impact this is going to have on somebody who somehow through vulnerable vulnerabilities in their life decide that this is what they need to do. They do it. And, and, and you have proven already that this result through wiring people's jaws shuts can cause psychiatric acute psychiatric conditions. And yet that wasn't even remotely addressed. Well, here's the thing. So let's, let's take one of the more obvious things that, you know, this is a great improvement because it's done with magnets. If someone is vomiting, that, that allows the jaw to open. <laughs> who has the key? Uh-huh. Who yeah. is going to let, who do you have to go to? That to was get the perm- first thing that crossed mm-hmm. my mind. Who do you have to go to to get permission to vomit? Mm-hmm. Who, who unlocks you? <laughs> I'm just kind of like, Surely not. Someone the- driving the, I have my, <laughs> I'm imitating someone who is holding back vomit, like with their cheeks buff. Um, <laughs> no, I'm like, are you, are really, are you authorized to vomit? I mean, who gets to hold the key? Cause surely not the fat person. Cause obviously anyone who has this, who undergoes this can't be trusted. And the weird part is like, no, this is not the weird part. All of this is the goddamn weird part. Yeah. There is no, there is no one thing that stands out about this that is less humane or, or just, or, or more humane. They're off your lawn, Don. They're off He's your lawn. Just, oh my God. Also, but you could achieve the same effect by taking a really strong rubber band and just tying it around your head beneath your jaw. Just, just boom. Or just going on a liquid diet. Just, but I mean, it's it's so absurd on every level. Like but done. I, you could save the fifteen thousand dollars it would cost to have magnets installed in your jaw. But done. If you just wrap a tire around your head, great, perfect. But you don't done. Genius. It's less restrictive than that. <laughs> <laughs> you get two millimeters <laughs> of breathing room. It's. Slim fast. It's dental cleanse. It's F- no. Look, so let's I get- very rarely. I was able to discuss the tongue patch in depth without losing my shit. This <laughs> one is awful. Yeah. And this is why, in my opinion, because this gets at the very root of fat oppression and fat phobia. It is number one that fat people deserve a kind of punishment for what they've inflicted on themselves, and fundamentally, number two that. Being fat is only and always a problem of managing willpower. Mm-hmm. That is what this is founded on. Yeah. 
and since and both of those are are such utter nonsense and that and i think i think there there is some hope that this is being so roundly criticized that perhaps people are examining those two incredible fallacies i i mean based on what trevor said the reception to this is pretty much universally negative but i mean this it people put money into developing a university this. medical yeah. program developed this in yeah. hopes of getting making money on a patent can you believe uh, so, okay. So I said the first thing that I thought of was the reverse bear trap from saw. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing I thought of was the, uh, the chocolate cake shake from Portillo's in Chicago. The, the <laughs> you just drink those every day. Oh, go <laughs> like, boy. That this is, I don't know. I there mean, are ways around this is it. kind of the, uh, the, the people who ate fat people argument against the jaw wiring shut, but it's like uh, everything about this is stupid. and makes me angry. And wants to find everyone involved in this and p use magnets to keep their jaws shut while they sleep. Like, and they'll they'll wake up and and their noses. Every the every. Thing orifice, I would like to ask I anyone believe. who advocates this for another human being: Would you do this to your pet? I was just thinking if your that pet was heavy, people wouldn't. Would even do you it to find the dog. this acceptable yeah. for the vet to do to your pet? Yeah. If that if if you would not feel okay with that, why are you advocating it to be done to another human being? Yeah, you literally wouldn't have this done to your dog. <laughs> but it's even like just the the whole whole thing is like this isn't new. No, <laughs> and it's like I mean it's it's what Dan was saying. Like yeah. fat people can't be trusted. Just like go on a liquid diet. Well, I actually I actually have some experience when I was a when I was a little bit of a lad, and like a lot of chasers, if when you when you're a small, when you're a small child and you hear stuff about fat, you're like, what, what, tell me more, what? <laughs> so I happen to remember from my childhood, cause it, again, this is from the seventies and eighties, they did wire people's jaws shut. And I remember uh, hearing my relatives discuss the case of this person who really wanted to lose weight. And so they had their jaw wired shut, mm. but they, they were having trouble because although they lost 50 pounds, they gained 10 of it back because they discovered that tuna fish sandwiches would go through the blender. And so they were they were having mayonnaise and tuna fish sandwiches, which you know would actually get stuck in the jaw wiring, and that caused a whole bunch of other bacteria. And it was it was that barbaric. And yes, sure, you've solved that problem of the wiring. Congratulations, yeah. congratulations. <sighs> oh, uh, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> um, All right, well, uh, well, let's get on to some uh, some good stuff, some positive stuff. Uh, it's we're shaking off where we escaped the the reverse bear trap. We're in Fat Watch Yay. It's 2021. Let's <sighs> let's get on in. Let's um, do it. And so this is good. This while is good there stuff. is uh, a whole lot of medical horror going on, there is um some 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 hope, some light shimmering in the distance. I see it. Um, and Dan, since I you know Dan is our kind of medical guy, mm -hmm. um, I'll let <laughs> I can. I'll, 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 I'll tee him up. Um, so this is um, from ASMB, which I forget what that is an acronym for uh, today, um, but it's an article by a doctor and it's called Putting, Putting Body Weight in Context. Robert Rosecrans, who is an MD, PhD student in the medical sciences training program at the University of uh, Alabama at Birmingham. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this amazing article called Putting Body Weight in Context, where he really looks at the intense prejudice of so many things in, in, in medical studies that link bad outcomes with being fat. And it's, it's a huge article to summarize, but to give you just the highlights, 
the one of the things he attacks is how so many of these studies just assume a causal relationship all the time. Yeah. And, you know, he really, uh, it, this this is a, a paper for the scientific community. So it's not just something that, that came out of salon.com or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's someone's opinion. It's he's writing for other medical professionals talking about the danger of associating weight loss with these positive outcomes. Because he said, you didn't, you didn't just have a loss of weight or a loss of fat. You also changed the diet. You also changed the exercise. You also introduced medications in some cases. Yeah. And he says, you know, but, but none of that is, is, is looked at. They just said, Oh, the patient got lighter. Therefore that's what caused the positive outcome. Right. In the absence of any of that. And he said that would be, that would not be tolerated in any other sphere of investigation as a causal connection. Yeah. And the, the only, the specific analog that he had, which I think you've mentioned Dan in the last episode Mm -hmm. or two was, if it were about this, if it were about the removal of fat as to to get rid of the the risks associated with fat, it would then liposuction would cure these things. Yep. And he and he mentions that. Mm-hmm. And and the one difference he he illustrated was I guess the different kinds of fat. Like liposuction targets a certain kind, and then this other kind. I didn't understand all of that necessarily, but it was a very poignant sort of illustration of how the you know, the factors that they're changing to sort of establish causation mm-hmm. are not actually about the fat. They're about all of these other things, but at the end of it, it's always, well, you know, th- this works for curing whatever, you know, ailment is on the table because they lost weight. Well, that was a side effect mm-hmm. of these other things that you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's two other points he brings up. The second of which is that there are actually people who are so afraid of getting fat as a side effect of medication mm-hmm. that they refuse the medication. Yeah. yeah, that that you know you you could take this life saving medication, but mm. it might make you fat. Oh well, then I don't want it. Yeah, he told a story about his dad. His, and his dad was who had people. who was uh, diagnosed with diabetes and um, refused to take the medication for it at the time because his dad mistakenly believed that mm-hmm. the medication was going to make him fatter. And yeah, it was like metformin. It was something like innocuous. Yeah, um, but that that sort of, that and again he goes into the article. It's incredibly well researched and detailed. You can see it on our mm-hmm. website. But mm-hmm. he explains that this is actually quite a common type of belief for people who have dealt with weight issues and are being told that they need to cope with their weight in some way, whether it's losing the weight or confronting their weight or, oh, you're going to become diabetic or whatever, is that they will avoid treatment that they could actually make use of because of the fear of being either confronted about their weight or possibly gaining more weight as a consequence mm-hmm. of whatever the treatment uh, is. The drug Actos comes to mind, actually. Yeah. Um, that's another, another another thing to chase down. And so why would they do that? Well, it's because they learned, because the doctors were taught in medical school, that all pathology starts and ends with fat. In When he was in school, he has a recording. I guess he was taking notes, and he has a recording of the professor saying, let's be honest and straightforward here. Most people are obese because they eat too much. Period. Moving on. Next sentence. Yeah, that, and that that was all they dealt with in medical school, and that prejudice is everywhere. There has been mm-hmm. study after study in of of physicians showing their prejudice against fat people. This is not just something that crazy fat people seem to experience or seem mm. to seem to inflict on themselves. Yeah, like there's an active bias against it. Uh, there was a Canadian study which said that I think thirty or forty percent of family physicians. Uh, would find it difficult to have a fat friend, mm-hmm. let alone yeah. treat a fat patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he's indicating there this idea that it, that anything that's wrong with you 
the first place they look is, well, you're fat. Mm-hmm. And I mean, anybody who's been, who's fat and been to a doctor knows this, this is not new, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's this idea that all pathology in the body stems from fat. Yeah. Even though fat is one of the most necessary parts of the body, which is something else he goes into in the article where uh, fat is responsible for so many other things. It's not just a storage device. It is yeah. actually part of the endocrine system. And specifically showing the, the mistaken assumptions that scientists were making about how that fat was being handled in the body. Like, I, again, there's a lot of details you can see in the article. There's far too much to actually cover. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I thought was most interesting, again, I always kind of come at it from the like psychiatric angle and, you know, he was dealing with his own health issues, which he talks about. And he was in the hospital twice for an ailment that is still unknown. Uh, undiagnosed. Still, yeah. yeah, undiagnosed. They still don't know what happened. And what he knows is that in his chart, they had very clearly listed obesity because he was fat at the time um, as a potential risk factor for whatever. Like they're trying to figure out what this problem is. And he had all of these other extreme issues going on in his life as far as like somebody had died um, there were other stresses involved, other emotional problems all piling on at the same time. And I believe he's also in medical school, right? In medical mm-hmm. school, going yeah. through the intensity of that. And never, not once was it mentioned that any of those things could possibly influence what might be happening to him physically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to the, whoever took the history and did the chart, that none of that was medically relevant. All that was relevant was that he was fat. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes, he, 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 he goes out, I think we, we should probably wrap up a little bit, but he basically scopes out to show kind of institutionalized treatments of a lot of uh, marginalized communities when it comes to healthcare um, and how be, sort of what can actually cause people to become fat. And then as a consequence, how the medical system treats those people, it goes, it becomes far more systemic than the individual happens to be bad at not being fat. Mm -hmm. It's actually, there are so many other causes for this kind of thing. And even if there are other causes for this kind of thing, is that even directly related to their actual ailment? And what I like here is the way that this directly reflects on the New Zealand Medical Association's position, Mm -hmm. where like, we can't let fat people in, they're too expensive for the healthcare system. Well, well, because they're fat. Yeah, exactly. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you mm-hmm. define the problem as being fat and they're fat, then that's the problem. Yes. I think Michael just came up with the best phrasing for something that I've ever heard before. And I, I feel like I can agree with this statement. I am unskilled at not being fat. <laughs> oh. I love that. I adore that. It's so many negatives. <laughs> that's going on a t-shirt. Nice. I, I, I'll take it. I don't think I've coined any phrases for the podcast yet. Uh, but thank you, Dr. Robert Rosencrans yes. for this lovely piece yes. and for standing up for fat people, especially as a doctor. Cause yeah, that's, it's a, that's a big get. It's a big need. And, Absolutely. uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so on to some some lighter. Yeah, we're, lighter we're getting note. lighter as we go on. It's uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we're out of the uh, we we kicked over the puppet, uh, <laughs> Billy Billy the the creepy laughing puppet. We're free from the reverse bear trap, and we're out of the warehouse. We do not see the same movies. Huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so this our main topic is inspired by a listener who sent in a BuzzFeed article um, about this woman who. Uh, does these videos on TikTok called traveling as a fat person. Um, her <laughs> so name funny. is Mary Fran Donnelly. She's 27 years old um, and just had this great TikTok of her kind of going through her hotel room, showing mm-hmm. like <laughs> <laughs> the part, you know, parts of the hotel room that, that don't work if you're a fat person. I think we need to hear this. 
Because yeah. it's it's although you can't see it if you're fat or have you been in, or if you've been in a hotel room, you can certainly imagine what's going on. Welcome to our hotel's fat foobin. <laughs> With me, your host, your resident fat ass. <laughs> Come hither. Let's take a look at the <laughs> Might see. Yeah. It looks normal. Would you like to take a pee or a poop? Maybe. Don't worry, you'll barely fit. <laughs> I have to say, that we've is the bane of my existence. I have to say, we've been in a lot worse positions. Like when she sits on that toilet and says it barely fits. Yeah, of course it barely fits, but we've been in worse than that. Yeah. yeah. Like That's every airport, every uh, airplane bathroom in existence. Oh. 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 Let yeah. Trevor tell you about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I no longer uh, go to, um, I, I don't go to the bathroom on the plane because the last time I was in an airplane restroom, it was so tight. If I sneezed, that door was going to blow open. <laughs> I, don't, just I don't fit in the airport, in the airplane bathroom. Um, yeah. So I just, that's a no go. That's just, it's a I, Thankfully I have a camel bladder. He does. Um, so I, before I, you know, I wait to the last minute and like before boarding, I go take a nice pee. Uh, I ration my water on the plane. But you know, we do, we do take this into effect when we schedule our Southwest flights. Yes. You know, you could see it as a boon that Southwest won't really take you anywhere directly. directly. There's <laughs> always a layover. Uh, that's not true. Actually, we're flying to New Orleans for Big Bayou nonstop. <gasps> yes. Yeah. That's just very nice. Uh, but usually, like, we can't get to New York nonstop, which mm -hmm. is fine because uh, Trevor it's a needs, long -ass flight. Trevor needs a pee break. So usually we land in Dallas. You know, we make them land. Mm -hmm. <laughs> pull over. <laughs> pull over. Pull over. I gotta go. Pull over. We make them land in Dallas or Louisville or God help us, uh, uh, Chicago. We say God help us because that tends to have a very high cancellation rate. Mm -hmm. We have been uh. stranded in Chicago more times than we care to admit to on Southwest uh, traveling through Midway. But this woman's videos, were, uh, there were two that I saw. Mm -hmm. They were both, one, she is charming. She's oh, so she funny. Is. She is adorable. And so good natured about it and funny. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, but two, I, every single thing she pointed out has been something that has chapped my ass at some point while traveling. Mm -hmm. Quite literally. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, the, the towel the that towels. doesn't mm -hmm. quite yeah. make it all the way around your body. Um, the washcloth that's about the size of a, like a tiny little tissue in my hand. Mm -hmm. Like, that, no. I, mm. And beach towels are supposed to be these like huge, fluffy, comfy, luxurious mm -hmm. things. And she's like, how am I supposed to get onto the pool with this? And it, it won't go around her waist lengthwise. Yep. It's like, how's anyone? Yeah, it's idiotic. Um, but so we thought we would kind of share some of our little uh, <laughs> tips, hacks, uh, I don't know, obstacles and how we've overcome them. Yeah. Um, Trevor's got a bag full. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my big thing is like, I pack a lot of stuff when I travel mm. um, <laughs> because you never, I mean, so like, but I always travel with my, um, my big long loofah thing that I've mentioned in mm -hmm. past episodes. And just, just to be clear, this isn't like the bunched up kind of uh, corsage yeah, like unfurls. Yeah. This, this it's is like basically, it's basically, yeah, it's like a bath sheet that's maybe, uh, you know, 10 inches wide and, uh, 30 inches long. Yeah. And it's, it's abrasive and you can get it. I love it cause it gets behind my back mm -hmm. and Trevor mm -hmm. can get all his nooks and crannies. Yeah. And I like that just because like, if, even if the shower is not great and not super fat friendly, I can, I don't know, I can get everywhere I need to. And that is a great helpful thing. Um, I tend to pack little travel size bottles. I get like, you know, the little 
bag of like 10 mini bottles, mm-hmm. um, TSA size. And I fill it with all the different skincare products I need. Cause, uh, hotels usually don't have great soap and stuff. No. It's, it's really hit or miss. Um, and you well, know. or if they do, they're designed for their perfume quality, n- yeah. not their, you know, yeah. their yeah. antiseptic quality. And it'll last you like maybe a night or two. Like there's never enough of it. Yeah. I mean, they'll it's replace little. it, but usually it's the case where if, if he's, if he's, you know, tell me if I'm, if this is TMI Trevor, but like, if you're getting into your folds, you really want something that will, that will clean and yeah. possibly disinfect. And not leave that weird film that yeah, a lot of. Yeah, hotel soaps. Do. You're not looking that? for lotion. Yeah, what it's is just that? Cheap, so weird. I, think. I think it's just cheap soap. I think it's I've supposed never had a to soap feel that that. moisturizing, but it just feels like you didn't get it off. It I, like I feel waxy. like a glass that's gotten out of the dishwasher with that <laughs> with, white without stuff the, with the leading brand instead of the name <laughs> brand. <laughs> yeah, it feels waxy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will pack my robe because I'm not going to fit mm-hmm. in the hotel robe, uh, and it's just a nice thing to have for you know. Uh, lounging or like traversing to the pool mm-hmm. or greeting room service. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've, we've started to, um, I mean, sometimes book handicap accessible bathrooms just because the other showers are going to be a hassle. Well, um, I mean, the key is you don't necessarily not, not all fat people, you know, need railings and, and, no. and space, but mm-hmm. a handheld shower, even for me is very, very useful. Yeah. And so if you, if, if you've got a big overhang, you're trying to get under that with a shower that comes down from the top. Mm-hmm. Oof, that is not fun. That is not convenient. Yeah. Or just like, I don't know, sometimes the configuration of the bathroom, like mm-hmm. it's gonna, you're gonna, the, 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 sh- Shower curtain's gonna stick to you. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole thing, and you're gonna kind what of keep peeling it off. The long and the short of it is, the shower is going to be one of the bathroom in general is gonna mm-hmm. be one of the mm-hmm. sticking points in your hotel. Make sure you check it out in advance as best you can, which I try to do. You know, as as a good as a good chaser husband, I try my darndest to check out the bathroom like online before yeah. I book. Yeah, like any pictures you can find. Mm-hmm. It's tricky because they don't love to show off the bathroom or it's some no. generic picture or, of a sink. Like, or please. it's a bathroom like they, you know, they have different types of rooms mm-hmm. and they don't yeah. show you the bathroom that you're going to be getting. That's right. always the one that I'm trying to figure out like, okay, do all of their bathrooms have the same shower, for instance, because a walk-in shower... I feel like by and large is so much more preferable to the, like, you know, a tub that has a shower curtain next to it. I find a good tip for this. If you're, if you're going to be traveling and you're worried about this, call the hotel and make sure you're talking to someone who is on property. Sometimes when you call a hotel chain, there's, you're just calling an 800 number and they're some, mm-hmm. somewhere far flung from the actual property. So make sure you're talking to somebody in customer service or at the front desk who actually works in that hotel and they can, they will, there's such easy questions for them. They know if they're, if their showers are handheld, they know how many handicap rooms they have, if they're available, if they book up fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I pack a extension cord in yes, my, uh, my suitcase cause I have a CPAP machine and I feel like hotels are getting better about like, Oh, people need to plug stuff in. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> They are getting better. Yeah, it's it's getting better, but it is still just like I'd rather have it just in case I need it. So this is hotel that I took Michael to um, a couple times. We really like it, but recently it just inexplicably on his side of the bed there was no plug Mm -hmm. next to the like not even not even on the same wall. Nope. Anyway, I was like, how are you supposed? A, how are you supposed to like charge your phone, which most people do like next to the bed, much Mm -hmm. less like plug in something important like a CPAP machine. Um, yeah, it's, so we had to swap. It was a whole thing. And just in case you're wondering, let's say about a cruise, uh, 
extension cords are not allowed on cruises. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, unless they provide it. It's a whole mm-hmm. legal maritime thing about like mm. in case of fire and things like mm-hmm. that. Oh, interesting. So that's okay because believe me, we've been on cruises and lots of big boys go on cruises. Yeah. All you have to do is just make sure that you arrange with the staff beforehand that they will deliver to your room the very first night an extension cord for your so. CPAP. It will, because pr- I pretty much guarantee you well, even if you do have a plug by your nightstand, it may not be the plug that you need for the visit. You're going to need an extension mm-hmm. cord. Come hell, Sometime in that cruise, in that seven days, you're going to need an extension cord. Well, I'll also say they sell these, um, I don't know, things you can plug into because there's a limited number of outlets. So you plug it into the outlet and it has like little USB things mm-hmm. and more plugs, but they have to be certified for cruises because otherwise they'll take it away. It's a, there's a lot of stuff. And they will search your luggage, by the um, way. Yeah. We actually have um, a friend who maybe we'll have on as a guest. Oh, yes. Who is um, Mr. Cruz. Mm, yeah. uh, Plan some Chapeze Tom? cruises. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise. Yes, Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Oh. Dan looks so confused. <laughs> He's not even fat. No, not even remotely. <laughs> it's a shame. You can have chasers on too. <laughs> you don't know what he does I behind closed That's doors. <laughs> I mean, what other things can you think of as like, what do you run into? I mean, there's a towel thing, which yeah, I don't know. You just got to deal with and may- maybe ask for more towels. More I don't, towels. I don't pack towels. So um, my, I have a question and this kind of relates to, I think on our next episode, we'll be doing a, a whole thing about like planning, like outings with other people. Um, but when it comes to like, let's say you're on vacation mm-hmm. and there's either a pool and or a beach available, mm-hmm. like what are the pitfalls that you look for for stuff like that? Because I know, like for instance, we talked about this recently, walking on sand. Yep. Not how, how far is the car from the water? Yeah, because if they're like in Santa Monica here, it's got to be a thousand feet it's, from the car <laughs> to the yeah. ocean, and it's just dunes and dunes. They of really sand. should have a shuttle yeah. service, or how, or how about a sidewalk? A sidewalk would or just be yeah, like a boardwalk. I remember yeah, back yeah. In, in on the East Coast, there were boardwalks that you could, could take you right up mm-hmm. to the beach. Yeah, so this is like, you know, get out your tractor treads and yeah, because big boy and flip-flops over the sand, that is not going to be fun. The mm-hmm. thing I dread about the pool is the chairs. Yes. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I don't trust most of the chairs <laughs> they put out there. <laughs> well, I just, I, I don't. I will say at a big boy event, it is rather common for chubs to go down because they, they've got these Melmar chairs, you know, those white plastic chairs. Yeah. So yeah, the chubs go down and pretty soon the hotel starts to realize we better get better chairs out there or we're just going to lose they're all gonna- the chairs. <laughs> 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 like they're going down three a day. I'm yeah. what I'm always kind of surprised about because I, I have been at those events. <laughs> I don't think I've been the person to do it because I know better. Because <laughs> I'm like, nope, that's I No, but there will be a six hundred pound guy who sits in that little tiny chair with arms and guess what happens, you know? Yeah. splinters of plastic <laughs> uh, shooting across the entire pool. No, another thing to look at, and you wouldn't think this is the case. And maybe it, it speaks of like how far flung I go to these events, but there are some events. There are some places where the pool does not have stairs. Oh no. Oh, oh that yes. was, um, that was convergence. New Orleans, not big Bayou. Uh, it was not big Bayou. Hotel. Yeah. Different and hotel, different there, there was not, there are no stairs. stairs. Uh, that's been the case when I went to MCA in Oklahoma City. And there are various options. It was a case, a, a gainer event in Lake George that I went to. No steps to the pool. Uh, in fact, it was it was a matter of some commentary how this huge guy, this is at Lake George, like he was in the pool, he was in the pool. And I was looking, was talking to the guy next to me and like, 
do we know how he's going to get out of the pool? Mm. And all of a sudden, bang, he was out of the pool. We didn't see how it happened. How did, like, did aliens lift him up? We didn't know. <laughs> and so it, it's, there are many techniques and as a good chaser, you should know some of them and maybe we'll do a deep dive on that sometime. <laughs> Pardon the pun. But yeah, so a couple of things. Does the chair, does the pool have uh, steps? Is there a railing for those steps? And three, this has happened. Uh, sometimes there is an, an electric lift that puts people in and out of the pool or in and out of the hot tub. Uh, typically they're rated for four or 500 pounds, but um, I've, I've seen people exceed that. And if you're talking to a hotel and you're trying to scout this out, just asking if they have an ADA approved pool. Mm, that'll do. Um, that, mm. if, I mean, obviously that's only for the United States. It's the American with Disability Act. Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, yeah. Which means that it'll have some sort of access point. Well, but that will say. only that yes, if the pool has been that way, and they are yeah. only required to build that if they've had the pool remodeled semi recently. Yes, mm -hmm. I will say with the ADA thing, that might just mean there's a lift, and that lift may not be rated. Uh, I mean, it depends. Okay. They really vary. I've seen ones where it only goes to three hundred. It depends how much money they decided to put in. Um, mm -hmm. So the convergence in New Orleans that I went to, where there wasn't the any kind of stairs. There was a point where someone got in the pool without thinking about how they were going to get out of the pool. Mm. And I think there was a lift, but it was out of order. Um, mm. And we ended up, there were very heavy metal little like, you know, side tables at the pool. And we ended up oh. putting one in the pool and having people help him get out because it was, you know, super chub and he just, he wasn't going to be able to use the ladder to get out. Yeah. And I think we just kind of people ended up keeping that by the pool in case that happened again. And I should say one of the reasons you go to a big boy event is that there's a kind of camaraderie around that where it's, I mean, I'm not going to say the guy wasn't embarrassed. I don't know how he felt, but like, believe me, the chasers were not unhappy to help. The other chubs have nothing but sympathy at mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, it's not as, it's, it's not a horrible situation as you right. would expect as far as like a, a, an environmental thing. Like I said, I don't know how the guy felt. I, I can't say, speak to that. But in terms of solving the problem in, in the life of a chaser in a, at a big boy event, that's like, yeah, we dealt with that next. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And would be happy to. Yeah. Um, this most people who have CPAP machines may or may not know this, but there are uh, travel size CPAP machines. Oh, yes. Um, you have experience with those, don't you? I do. Yeah. How'd that work? So uh, it works great. The only trick with it is that at least this model, and I I suspect a lot of them, uh, it didn't have a, a reservoir mm -hmm. for for water, so yeah. it's not going to keep you hydrated. You might your mouth might dry dry out uh, overnight. Um, but it is very small comparatively speaking, and it's very light. And is that designed for the hotel room or for the plane? Um, it's designed to be small enough that you could easily carry it on to a plane or just tuck it away in your luggage. Um, well, I mean, could you, because some people like, especially if you're doing something transatlantic or transpacific, you want to sleep on the plane, but you need a CPAP machine. I have seen models advertised that say uh, uh, suitable for airplane usage. Mm -hmm. That was my question. Like, yeah. they I do exist. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone use it on the plane. Mm -hmm. I suspect you could, but yeah, I've done, if there's one specifically designed yeah. for that. Yeah. The, the point was like, depending on what your insurance will approve. And I think a lot of insurance will make you buy the second CPAP. I don't, yeah. if you have a working one, you may have to purchase the second one, but a lot of CPAPs are like the regular ones are large. They're cumbersome. They're not going to travel easily. Sometimes they're really heavy. Um, the newer ones are smaller though. The newer ones are, but it also there, I don't know how this happened, but basically 
Michael ended up having to get a CPAP machine recently, which has been great, except what they gave him is actually a respirator. Oh. Not just a regular CPAP the way that you guys would recognize a CPAP. Yeah. It is a heavy, multi-multi-thousand-dollar oh expensive piece. Of, it's what they were using to put COVID patients on. How did who, who gave I him thought this? they were using CPAP machines for COVID patients because, because they ran, they out, ran out, out of respirators. respirators. Yeah. Well, because Michael had it all along. <laughs> no, and he said, like, I mean, he didn't know any better. And then when he brought it home, I was like, that's overkill. Like, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but like, that's that's not what you need. And he was having all these issues with it. It's heavy. It's with a like respirator, 20, of course it is. Yeah, it's like 20 pounds. And like to try and like lug uh, that around through the airport. Yeah, but that's not, that's no, that's not a CPAP machine. That's not what he should right. have had. Right, so that's what I'm saying is like, but he didn't know, he didn't know the difference because he'd never had a CPAP he'd machine never had before. One, yeah. So just, if this is the case for you, that's yeah. something to look for. It shouldn't be that heavy. Also yeah. worth mentioning on the subject of CPAPs, if, if you don't already know, uh, CPAPs are considered medical equipment when you're traveling. Yes. yes. They cannot charge you for bringing it in onto the airplane. Exactly. Ooh, yes. It is not they a separate item. They may try item. to take it from you. They may try and put it in the hold, but no, they are they're, not they're, able They're to. good about that now. Five, five or 10 years ago, is that you'd have to have a fight with them. Like, you know, TSA would try to open it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just saying know your rights on that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Another tip is, so I, I carry on my CPAP, obviously, because you should. I don't know. I put all, like, any medications I need or anything with it just because, like, I treat that as my... Like, I don't know, life or death. Like I need this. Mm -hmm. I put the most important things in there. Uh, I don't remember what trip this was where they like, didn't my, my suitcase wasn't there. Do you remember this? <laughs> Which we, one? I think we were in New York and my, like, I didn't have any clothes. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well we can give you, you know, <laughs> a, loaner. a voucher, like, uh, <laughs> like a voucher so you can buy yeah. some clothes. I'm like, where am I going to buy? Like, I think it was like 90 bucks or something. It's like, that's going to get me like maybe a pair of underwear and like a shirt uh -huh. and maybe a pair of pants. If I can find somewhere yeah. to yeah, losing go. your luggage as a fat man traveling, that is a bigger deal, a yeah. much um, bigger deal. And if you're in a foreign country, like if, like if we go uh, to I London, can't even imagine trying to get you six X in <laughs> London. I mean, if you can find it, it's yeah. going to be astronomically um, expensive. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, uh, thankfully, it was like the next day it came, but I was like, well, I'm just going to hang out at the hotel, yeah, I guess. And they, they did. They did. They found it. Most people do get their luggage eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say that's the problem. But I mean, if, I think if you're fat, you know this. You know if you're fat that you don't just like Michael or I, you know, you, you and I need a pair of underwear. We just go out and buy a pair of underwear. Right. It is not the same for, you know, for, uh, for Don and, and Trevor. And it's mm -hmm. important that people... Again, like I keep alluding to it, there's going to be an episode coming up, probably our next one that would go into a lot of this kind of stuff, like the awareness aspect of letting people know that you actually have to sort of manage things differently. Mm -hmm. And like, like that, like you're not going to just walk out and get something out of the store. Um, or I got to stand on my shirt. I'll just get another one. Yeah. Just, oh, that's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Um, the, so the last one that I was thinking about was uh, less to do with like extreme travel, like flying somewhere, but definitely like, if you're gonna go somewhere um, unknown or for the, for, the, for the first time, like also, like Dan just said, like checking the photos, um, checking, like if it's a restaurant, checking what the seats look like. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that a lot and just, and, and sometimes you have to be careful because they'll have seats that look like regular 
like sturdy wooden chairs and then you show up and it's actually like one of those stupid like stool chairs that are like uh, you know, four feet tall mm. and no nobody's comfortable on those things. Like why? Those things why? cause physical pain. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's idiotic. So doing some research ahead of time, I think will will buy you so much happiness in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And again, when you're at a hotel, you have to be your own advocate. If you need something or the hotels or something is wrong, stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't just let it slide. Yeah. I, and if you're the chaser or if you're not even a chubby chaser, but you you just have, you know, some common decency, basic around, empathy, some basic decency <laughs> around your fat friends. Like it's, it's so much more productive actually for you to be the advocate if that's okay with your fat friend. Uh, that because it, it, it's, I, I almost feel like it's part of my job as a chubby chaser to be like the ambassador or the interface so that Trevor doesn't have to deal with this shit. Mm-hmm. I would be touched. You know, like I've never had an advocate. I think that would be very, it's my job. I think that would be very moving for yeah, me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And certainly at the very least, like in Michael's case, like he has no problem advocating for himself. He'll do, just, people, do people know who Michael is? Cause they might think you're talking about you. Oh yeah. Oh God, that's so weird. I feel like I have said his name. Yeah. You, this is the second time you've mentioned his name, but not told us that it's I've not I've said you. his name on the show before, but I don't know that I've ever actually said I'm dating a guy named Michael. There we go. The point was, um, he doesn't have a problem advocating for himself, but I also don't have a problem doing it. So we'll just, I'll just talk to him about it. Like, oh, in this specific situation, I'm going to, I was thinking about doing this. How's that for you? How do you feel about it, Trevor? I love it because I, I hate having to be like, like, I feel like I'm like, I'm the crazy fat person who's like, I don't fit in this chair. Like, I don't know. Like you you have all these unreasonable requests and needs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like asking for stuff in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it fe- almost feels like, I don't know, like I don't like having to ask and it's, I feel like it's a bigger ask because it's like some, something that helped me is I'm, I'm sort of the same way, believe it or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> loud mouth me. Um, I'm not very likely to advocate for myself, but if I reframe it to like the next big guy who comes yeah. here is going to have to deal with this too, it becomes super easy for me oh. to approach. Yeah. I was just going to yeah. say a similar kind of thing where for me, like, I don't know, I can't, I can't possibly put myself in the shoes of it being actually just about me, but it is a lot easier for me to approach anything resembling a confrontation with a stranger, like a host, for instance, mm-hmm. if it's in somebody else's advocacy. Like, it, this is a weird sort of comparison, but the thing I was thinking about was like, I'm afraid of spiders, but if there's somebody else in the room that's more afraid of spiders than I am, I'll go get the spider. Yeah. Because I can, I can do, like, I can be the person who can get that done. And in a similar kind of way, I will be that person and I will feel better and more confident about doing it if I know it's for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's also a difference. Like if Trevor encounters a place he can't sit at a restaurant, let's say, and he has to tell the host, oh, no, I can't fit there. Whereas as as a thin person with some thin privilege, I get to actually be like, what are you nuts? Who can, yeah. I'm, he can fit there. What, what, why would you even show us that? T- like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not that I'm going to be nasty, but it's that I can be like, well, of course not. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Trevor, which is like, I'm sorry to be a bother. Not, not that you would do that, but mm-hmm. when one is advocating for oneself, there is the, I, there is this, it's, it's your, you're the problem you're trying to solve, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's also just like the thing of like, it's fine one time, but the repetition of it, yeah, especially like, the, yeah. you know, we kept running into that on the cruise where it's like, yeah, I need a, I need a, a seat without uh, arms. Like this is, which was a challenge. Well, because we had they, a, we they had, had a big them, group of big big groups. Yeah, but also just like <laughs> okay, they need to find like there's many available, but it's you know a 
they're in a the dining room and they have to, yeah. they might have to navigate this tiny space to bring the chair over. Yeah. Then, we were in a situation where we were traveling yeah. with, with a lot of fat guys. And so they, they had to provide 12 armless chairs on demand. Oh my. <laughs> anyway. There'll um, be a part two to this. We're yeah. going to, I, I have, there's a lot of good stuff we can talk about related to this. Um, we'll come back next week with this. Yes. Um, but to, to move on, unless the, any last calls, last calls. Nope. Great. Done. What is our bit for today? <laughs> well, uh, since we were talking about travel, I figured I'd revisit a uh, a classic travel location uh, that in the past we have discussed as being fat friendly, which is Disneyland. Yay! Oh, right? yeah. And that's I, that's a place I've actually had conversations with some bigger guys who are like, "Wait, I could go." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Like since that episode, I've had people ask me about. Yeah, that. and so yes, I will say right up front, Disneyland is one of the most fat friendly theme parks I've ever been to. And that includes a California adventure across the mm-hmm. way. Although California adventure has more child oriented rides. Mm-hmm. So there's more there that won't be comfortable, but they're not supposed to be comfortable. Right. You know, like really it's not meant for adults, but um, so there are a few things there though that people should be aware of. So I've come up with some questions to help you learn a bit about Disneyland's uh, trials and tribulations. Okay. So there are a few rides at Disneyland that might have tight seats for larger guests, although even these rides have very generous seat belts. So the seat may be uncomfortable, but you're going to be able to get a belt around yourself if you really want to squeeze in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask in advance, though, there are often larger seats in each ride available for guests if you ask for them. Hmm. Which of the following four rides uh, does not have ADA seating, American with Disabilities Act seating? Mm-hmm. Star Tours the Star Wars-themed ride, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, formerly known as Tower of Terror, Um. the Finding Nemo submarine voyage, Hmm. or the Indiana Jones ride. I'm going to say Indiana Jones. Okay, got one for Indiana Jones. I'm going to say Finding uh, the the submarine ride. The submarine ride? Uh, I want to say the submarine ride only because I remember trying to get into that ride, (laughs) and it was like, it was was claustrophobic, but... I don't know. I think Trevor is on to something because he told a story about kind of getting crammed into the seat next to somebody on the Indiana Jones ride. And I think I'm going to go with him on that one. The correct answer is, in fact, Indiana Jones. Oh, damn it. It's ah. the only one that does not have. Oh, wait, Trevor's right again. Why? I, I finally <laughs> learned to just copy what Trevor, <laughs> Trevor does. does. I know. Well, what's well, interesting is that like the, the submarine voyage is one that was discussed at length. There is ADA seating that you will access through a different route than yeah. everyone else. Mm. I, I have heard about this. I just don't, I, I knew there was something, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was. And the Indiana Jones ride is one of my favorites. I really love it. But those seats, those seats are narrow. I, the, the problem that, I mean, because Trevor had a problem with that too, but the thing that you always complain about with the Indiana Jones ride is the jostling with your back. Yeah. Because as, as a heavier person, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot more momentum and force going on. Yeah, you're being flung around in that yeah. one. Yeah, and it's, the seats are narrow, but very, gen- as Don said, very generous seat belts. Yeah. Um, but I just, I stopped going because it just would fuck up my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it hurts my hips. Yep. Like yeah. it's just, I'm being squeezed. Mm. Um, so Disney's been around for a long time. And some of their older attractions still have turnstiles or stairs. Oh, jeez. Right? Yep. So turnstiles can turnstiles can actually be more of a problem than the rides themselves on mm-hmm. some of oh, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, although all of these attractions now have an ADA entrance that you can use if you ask, so you don't have to deal with the turnstiles yeah. if you ask in advance. Which of the following rides does not have turnstiles in the line at all? Mm. One, Pirates of the Caribbean. 
two, The Jungle Cruise, three, Small World, or four, Almost Everything in Fantasyland. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Pirates of the, I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, two for Pirates. I think I also remember Pirates not having, yes, All right, Pirates. You are correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pirates is the only one that has no turnstiles of that list. There are still turnstiles out there, but like I said in advance, they have other routes now. Yeah. So yeah. if you if that's a problem for you, ask in advance. Often they'll just bring you around the exit and you get to actually, like I actually got to get on the, uh, my, my mom, I took my mom in a wheelchair there once mm-hmm. and uh, got to go the back route onto some of those rides. And it was so fast and so easy. Just cut the line. And, and getting to see parts of the ride that no one else gets to see is kind of fun. Well, because yeah. you know. Trevor, I mean, he t- told the story before about twisting his ankle and the first time he used a scooter at Disneyland. Mm. So liberating. Well, mm. And the, I don't know, my last pre-scooter trip to Disneyland I almost got stuck in the turnstile at Snow White. Mm. That one is really narrow. Yeah. And it was I like part of me is like, I shouldn't try to do this, but I was already at that point. Like I would have to just awkwardly like, get, th- yeah. go back through, <laughs> get past everybody else getting out. And yeah. it, I don't know worse. how I really did it, but I managed to get through it bent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not clear why they're still there. Like they must serve some sort of purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's they. They should just get rid of them. Um, so this one is close to my heart because I'm always nervous getting into boat rides. Oh, mm. um, Which of the following boat rides may have a very slight problem for VAT people? Very slight. Mm. And I'll, I'll say it again. Like I've been on all of these rides. I never noticed a problem, but it does exist. Okay. One, Splash Mountain. Two, Small World. Three, the Storyland Canal Boats. Or four, the Grizzly River Run. I'm sorry, what, what, what's the first choice again? Splash Mountain, yeah. Small World, Storyland, Canal Boats. I'm going to go with Splash oh. Mountain just because there's 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 an engineering to like who gets in when and will you fit between their legs and all that stuff. Okay. I am I know Small World in the past had issues with the boats bottoming out, but I feel like they changed that. Um, I'm going to say uh, Splash Mountain because I know... <laughs> From experience, there's some weird stuff mm. with uh, how they seat you and also just like uh, anatomical stuff. Uh, the last time I went on that, I my belly formed like a vacuum seal. <laughs> <laughs> so my legs were perfectly dry, but everything else got soaked. <laughs> it was, it, it's, you know how like there's a cutout of a log? Uh-huh. Yeah. So there was this, this vacuum seal between the the cutout for the log where, where the passengers sit and, and Trevor's belly. Uh-huh. So like literally if you've ever seen like a, the, the webbing on a kayak where it doesn't let the water in uh-huh. where your legs are, that's what it was for him. Uh, I'll go with uh, splash mountain too. Right. I feel like there could be some, like maybe even like bumping into we stuff. We got three for splash mountain. The correct answer is in fact, small world. What? Okay. Small world is still one of the older rides that they have over there. But why is, what's the problem? The, the, when I said very small, I mean, very small. If you sit on the far side of either side of the boat, meaning the left or the right, it still has a tendency to tip and drag to the side. Um, so, mm. Oh, it probably goes slower. Yeah, just a little bit. Again, when I say it's, it's a very slight issue, and if the boat is balanced correctly, you wouldn't even notice it. Uh, which of the following areas of the park is notably not fat-friendly? Mm. One, Mickey's Toontown. <laughs> Two, New Orleans Square. Three Frontierland or four Main Street USA. 
<laughs> they oh. were they were tearing down parts of Toontown. Toontown uh, is not long for this world. Yeah, it's going. Um, I'm going to say Frontierland only because there's so many things like the canoe rides mm-hmm. and the the fort you got to climb into and out of. Like, and, if uh, you're a fat kid, that's going to be miserable. Thunder possibly. Mountain Railroad. I don't think is particularly fat friendly. I don't know. Trevor, it's a, it's all right. Is it okay? It's just a lap bar. I, I will say I've been on Thunder Mountain. I I've really enjoyed it. I had no problem with the lap bar. My knees were yeah. bruised. It's yeah. not tall friendly. Yeah, I have okay. the same problem. Yeah. Huh. Um. I, yeah, I'm gonna go Frontierland. I think. Okay, two for Frontierland. I think Frontierland as well. All right, three for Frontierland. The correct answer is Mickey's Toontown. Yeah, we don't go on hmm. that. Mickey's Toontown is designed for smaller kids, and the rides were sort of scaled down accordingly. Hmm. So if there is no ride there that is is really it's recommended true. for larger people. Yeah, it's true. And it's probably why sense. we've never ridden anything in that. <laughs> I don't really even know what is there. Well, they, there's what's like, left? it's I mean, very yeah. kitty oriented. Yeah. Like it's, it's skews to the youngest. Roger, I mean, Park. Uh, Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit, I think was the yeah. only thing worth investigating there as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. As an adult. Yeah. Uh, last question. There are only a handful of rides at Disneyland that are not mostly fat friendly. Which of the following rides is the most fat friendly? One, the Indiana Jones ride. <laughs> Two, the Matterhorn. Ooh. Three, the Incredicoaster. No. Or four, Space Mountain. Oh my God, what a choice. I would say out of huh. those, the Matterhorn. I don't really? know. Yeah, he's got a point. Well, I haven't been on the new Matterhorn. I'd only ever been on the old it's one. It's the same idea. You're sitting on a bench with a bench between your legs. Yeah, but the old one. No, 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 not. They changed that. Sorry. Th- yeah, the old one. You were sitting like tandem style, like your legs around the. Person yeah, no, this in front this this is like a bucket seat. What's the list again? Boy, I don't like any of those. <laughs> one Indiana Jones, two Matterhorn, three Incredicoaster, four Space Mountain. I I gotta go I with think Matterhorn. Indiana now. Jones, I think. I mean, it's not necessarily okay. comfortable because of the mechanics of the ride itself, but I think fitting on the ride and being able yeah. to do the yeah, ride. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. All right, we I'm have. Gonna, one I'm gonna say the Matterhorn because, and I think it was Cliff. It told me it was really fat friendly. I mean, and it like kind once of, you get it, in, yeah. It was once you get in, it was, but it was also. I felt that was another thing where it was really jostly for me. Yeah, it's very bumpy. Yeah. Mm. The correct answer is actually the Incredicoaster. What really? The Incredicoaster is just wide open seats. It's it has a pull down bar. It does, but otherwise it's it's completely fat friendly. I've I've ridden it multiple multiple times. I completely enjoy. I it. guess because you never ride roller coasters. Yeah. Indiana Jones yeah. has the narrow seat. The Matterhorn huh. actually has a spacious car, but there is absolutely nothing for you to hold on to to help you get out once you've gotten in. Correct. Mm. Um, and Space Mountain is just sort of notoriously teeny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think so, Credit Coaster would be tough for, well, I don't know. Because, yeah. again, there's nothing in front of you. You just have to pull down the bars. I mean, I have to admit that go. was always my spiel to try to get Trevor to ride with me, but I just I don't like roller coasters. Yeah, you're oh, not okay. going. I, I love the Incredicoaster. It is my favorite coaster in Thank California. Thank you. Me too. I will go with you. Yeah. Well, when we go, when we do the Big Fat Gay Podcast live from Disneyland. <laughs> On the Incredicoaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so special thanks to uh, plusmommy.com uh, for their in-depth oh. assessment of everything fat-friendly at Disney. Uh, mm. Check out their website if you want to plan a visit. It's so impressive the list that they put together of every ride, all of the things that you might worry about. There's a list of every ride that has a line with a turnstile on there. Mm. It's very comprehensive. Nice. That's a good resource. There's mm-hmm. also a, a face group group, face group, Facebook group 
uh, <laughs> plus size Disneyland Disney Resort guests. Mm-hmm. That uh, people are constantly giving advice, asking questions. Nice. Yeah. All right. So if if they wanted to find links to any of these places, Trevor, where would they go? Links and logs. Our <laughs> listeners, our dear dear listeners. We're on Facebook and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the, Dan is going wild. <laughs> We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Podchaser or uh, iTunes. Um, see the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I wish you people knew how weird it was for us to be doing this with the music for we, the yes. very first time. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> That's normally just like in my head, my heart be doing that. Yeah. Um, you got to get used to it. We have to do it live one time. Maybe uh, you're listening to this through the little, uh, the Billy doll and you have, you have to get out. You're in the, you're, you're in the reverse bear trap. It's happening. This is Billy's the doll from Saw, where we're going to watch all the Saw movies. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you're, you're trapped. But then, um, it's, uh, Fuchsia comes back. It's Fuchsia too. Yeah. It's a crossover with Saw. She helps you get out. And, uh, now you're going to go on, uh, on the Incredicoaster with her. So watch out. The Billy doll is a gay porn doll to compete with him. Don't you know anything? Billy is a puppet that Jigsaw built for his son who died and then he made it into his creepy monster messenger. That's not what I see in the gay porn films. Billy comes in assorted colors. But only one cock size. (laughs) Okay.